Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. We started last week teaching on the heart again. I want to review a couple of scriptures, then we'll get into developing a heart for God. Proverbs, uh, Proverbs 4, but let's look at Proverbs 3 real quick. Proverbs 3, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. Now, just flip the page over, should be there in chapter 4. Chapter 4, let me find it here. There in verse 20. My son or daughter, attend to my words, incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes, keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they are life unto those that find them and health, everybody say health, to all their flesh. Did you know just reading your Bible could heal you? Did you know that? Well, the Bible says that, says, says that about the Word of God. Just reading the Bible can heal you. Amen. Then it says this, keep thy heart with all diligence for out of it, out of the heart, are the issues of life. Everybody say issues of life. Now, with that in mind, go all the way now back into the New Testament to the book of Hebrews. Go to the book of Hebrews, chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. I'll read there in verse 12. It says, for the Word of God, everybody say the Word of God, is quick, which is the word powerful, quick, no, excuse me, which is the word alive, I was looking looking at the next word, which is alive and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, now notice this, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Now, the reason I wanted to show you that scripture is we're talking about the heart being something that is developed. You are a spirit. You possess a body. You have a soul, but you develop a heart. Now, that's not just true in Christianity. That's true of humanity. Amen. Uh, people develop hearts for things, you know, the heart for education, a heart for medicine, a heart for... The, that means that there's a motivation on the inside of them that's driving them or, or motivating them to go in that direction, to believe that way, speak that way, do whatever that they, they're, they're, they're supposed to be doing. Amen? Now, I'm going to read this in the Amplified. I like it in the Amplified. It says, for the word of God speaks, for the word that God speaks is alive and full of power, making it active operative, energizing, and effective. Whoo, man, you can just get happy right there. Be glad you got a Bible right there. No wonder the devil doesn't like the Bible. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating to the dividing line of the breath of life, 
the soul and the immortal spirit and of the joints and marrow of the deepest parts of our nature, exposing and sifting and analyzing and judging the very thoughts and purposes of the heart. Now, one of the things that we did in our first series, and we've done in this one also, is to help you understand that you must have a heart location. Where is your heart? What do you have a heart for? The heart being that which is developed spiritually in between the spirit of man and the soul, the soul of man. The soul of man being our, our thoughts, our emotions, and our decisions. Amen? Our will, our intellect, and uh, the way we feel. Now, then you have the spirit man. Now, over in John, let, let's read that real quick. Go over to the book of John, not the gospel, but 1 John. Let me show you something here. 1 John, chapter 4. This will help you. I want you to see it scripturally. And verse 18. Chapter 4, 1 John, 18, verse 18. It says, we know... Whosoever is born of God. Now, let's just stop right there. We know whosoever is born of God. Now, who's born of God? Now, okay, let's, let's take it away from the corporate and talk about the individual. What part of you is born of God? Amen? How many figured out after a while your flesh didn't get saved? Had to do something about it, didn't you? How many figured out real quick your mind didn't get saved? Had to get, you, had to, you had to renew it with the Word of God, Amen? Now this says, we know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not. So in your spirit, in your human spirit, there is no motivation to sin. You say, well, Pastor, why do I keep sinning? It's in your mind. It's in your flesh. And it may still even be in your heart. Could still be in your heart. That's why we're teaching on it to help get, get that stuff out of us. Amen. But now this is talking about the spirit of man. We know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not, but he that is begotten of God keepeth himself, and the wicked one toucheth him not. Now this is speaking of the devil. Satan cannot come in in any way and mess with your spirit. Now we've said this before and it really bears repeating. You really have no spiritual situation in your life after the new birth other than the development of that spirit. It's growing up spiritual. Spiritual growth and development. Now, obviously, in between that born-again spirit and the soul of a man or a woman lies this heart. The Bible says with the heart we believe unto righteousness. With the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Did you know everything the Bible says, your spirit already believes it? It's not your spirit that tries to talk you out of obeying God. It's your head. It's your emotions. It's the choices that you make. It's not the spirit. Anything that actually agrees with the spirit of the word of God, your spirit is not going to say, well, I don't believe that. Your spirit goes like this. Yay and amen. The Bible says your spirit bears witness with his spirit. Anytime any real revelation or truth from the word of God is imparted into your spirit for the purpose of growth and development, it's not anything about your makeup that disagrees, everything about your makeup disagrees with it except your spirit. Your spirit's jumping around going, believe that. It's going like this. Heart, you need this. 
This will help you believe. This will help you walk in faith. Now, we must understand that this, quote, heart we talk about is something that the enemy wants to violate. He wants to put offense in your heart. He wants to give you a bitter heart. He wants to give you a, 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 a heart of suspicion about everything and everybody. He wants to give you a cruel... He wants to just take and mess your heart up so bad that every thought you have, that every feeling you have, and every choice you make goes totally against the grain of what is in your spirit. Amen? Did you know your spirit wants to do everything God wants to do? I choose to believe God wants to be in every service we have in church. <laughs> Amen? I don't want to have a service that God doesn't want to be in. You say, why? This is a church. We want God in every service. I'll just, some of you will figure that out later. later. Amen? Your spirit wants to be in every service. Your spirit wants to give in every offering. Your, listen, your spirit wants to read the Bible every day. Your spirit wants to pray every day. Your spirit wants to go out there. And, your spirit wants to do all of that. Your spirit, but many times what inhibits our spirit from doing that is our heart's not right. So that's what we're going to look at today. We're going to look at developing a heart for God. You have, and hey, listen, you've got to work on it. You've got to work on it. One of the ways I, I, I really enjoy being around the ministries that I am in company with. We have a, uh, is it Frank? Yeah, from India. What's your first name? Mike. Mike. I'm sorry, Mike. I'm thinking of somebody else. Stand up, Mike. He's a missionary from India. Give him a big hand clap. Amen. He came all the way down to Tulsa to be with us in service today. Now, I'll use him as an example. How long have you been a missionary in India? 20 years. You can't do that unless you have a heart for India. Amen. Now, Frank, did God change your heart? Can you look back at a time in which God changed your heart? Mike. Why do I keep saying Frank? Where's Frank at? That's what. You weren't here. That's why I was calling you, Frank. Come in here. You need to hear all of this. I'm sorry, Mike. You'll forgive me. But he was with us last week in a prayer conference. And Pastor Eddie Turner was there, and Pastor Mark and Janet were there, and other people that we know. And we were praying, and we were interceding, People that had taken time out of their busy schedule to be in a prayer meeting. And one of the things I was noticing, because I, I'm teaching along these lines and on this subject, is people that do that have such a strong heart to see God move. They're not doing that because they're trying to get God to do something for them. They're doing that so that God can do something through them. Amen. And you'll find out a heart for God is not a heart to try and get God to do something for you. It's a heart to get God to do something through you because if God can do something through you, He can do anything for you. But if He can't do something through you, it's hard for Him to do something for you. Now let me say that again. Y'all need to hear that, not just listen to that. If God can give you a heart for Him to do something through you, then what He can do for you is unlimited. But if, you, if your heart is closed, if you have a selfish heart, you know, me and my four and no more, if you don't have a heart for God, then it's hard for Him to do things for you because it's with that heart you're going to have to believe or walk in faith. Amen. 
See, a lot of times, now, now don't get me wrong. Let me, let me reemphasize what I said last week. Many times in the Bible, the word heart is interchangeable for the word spirit. It talks about the spirit of man. Other ta- times, it talks about the soul of man. Now, much of the word heart in the Old Covenant is speaking of the soul. You say, why? Because their spirit was unregenerated. So much of that is speaking of the soul. But then there is that also developmental side of the heart of the individual. David, the Bible says, God said, David's got a heart just like mine. Wow. I I, I read and studied David. He wasn't perfect. He made some pretty bad mistakes. Wasn't a real great father. Had a real dysfunctional family. But here's what was unique about David. In all of his mistakes, he was quick to repent and quick to be restored because of his heart for God. He could not stand the idea that he had displeased God in any way. And he was bound by this iniquitous spirit that motivated sin in his life. And he was in a constant battle with his heart because he had such a heart for God. And when he'd get himself in trouble and get called on it, he would not, you know, bow up in his authority, have somebody's head locked off. He would fall on his face, humble himself, and get right with God. Now, if he could do that without being born again, how much more should we be able to do that with Jesus living in our hearts? Amen. Now, let me get over here to my notes so I don't get up. Developing a heart for God. Number one, where is your heart when it comes to God? Make a location of your heart. What are your desires? What do you want your life to produce when it comes to the things of God? You know, one of the things that I really never considered for many, many years of my life, until actually, actually until I turned 60. I'll turn 64 this month. But when I turned 60, I begin to think, I don't have as much time ahead of me as I have behind me. That's a sobering thought. If you've not gotten there yet, one day you'll get there. Amen. And so I begin to think about reward. About what we do on this earth is going to directly reflect in heaven what our reward is. Which means God God counts our life as something very, very special here on earth as something that we are doing for Him, for His approval, so He can give us reward when it's all over. Amen? He wants to say to us, well done, thy good and faithful servant. That's what he wants to say. And when you recognize and realize that, you'll realize it's not a life spent on my own selfish desires trying to get everything that I need and I want. It's a life that should be spent in submission to the will of God so that everything he desires to do in me and through me can be accomplished. In so doing, when I leave this earth, I go to a reward prepared for me because of my obedience. I mean, I've heard testimonies of people that have gone to heaven and they talk about all these people living in their rewards. They talk about missionaries, that they, they, they live in areas of heaven in which all of the African people or Indian people or people from the Central America, they live in areas like that in which they were ministering to those people and people like that are all around them as they live in their reward. Amen? I be, I, I, man, just thinking about that makes me want to serve God. So... Where is your heart? Sometimes we deceive ourselves. Thinking, ah, we're okay. You know, God's okay. I'm okay. Everything's okay. Listen, 
when you make a decision to really begin to allow the Word of God and the Spirit of God to expose and sift your heart, you're making a decision for a change. Remember what we connected this to last week, uh, 2 Corinthians 3.18. Amen? But we all beholding as the glass the glory of the Lord are changed into that same image from glory to glory. This is by the Spirit of the Lord. We want what? As believers, we want a continual changing heart. Continually changing into that which God desires for us to have. In order for that to happen, you've got to locate, where is my heart? Where is my heart toward the things of God? You say, how do I do that? Just take a life inventory. Do you really pray? Do you really read the Word of God? Do you really study books and listen to sermons? Do you really do all of that, or you just come to church on Sunday and hope everything's going to turn out okay. Amen? There is a, listen, there is a level of involvement that all of our hearts could rise to. Let me try that one again. No matter how old you are, how many years you have in front, how many have been behind you, no matter who you are, there is a level of activity and participation in the kingdom of God that we all can allow our heart to rise to a higher level. Are you willing to do that? Are you willing for God to reach down and reset the thermostat of your heart, take it more off selfish desires, and put it more on His desires? If you are, you're fixing to be blessed. Where is your heart at? Secondly, what are you feeding your heart? I've seen some amazing things. I knew of a, of a, of a man, he's, he's a little older than me. Came out of the hippie generation. He was hippie, had long hair, did drugs. Got radically saved, filled with the Holy Ghost. Became a minister, actually a pastor. Very influential in the, in the move of God, the revival of his day and hour. This is uh, late 70s into the 80s and early 90s. Developed a powerful church, taught on faith, healing, gifts of the Holy Ghost, loved God, and he read one book, and that one book changed his heart. Changed it just like that. And all of the relationships and friendships and people that were dear and close to him immediately became his enemy. And he became their critic and judge. And I watched his ministry just do this. Down to nothing. Well, that's a negative heart change. That's because you can feed things into your heart that will destroy it. Just like your natural heart. You know, there are good foods that are, I like good heart healthy food. No wonder we have to teach so much on healing. <laughs> Don't you like good, heart, healthy food? Don't you feel so much better about yourself after you've had a good, heart, healthy meal than you do when you go down and eat three chili dogs, drink two malts, you know, and then have a Milky Way candy bar to top it all off? I made myself hungry. What are you feeding your heart? There are so much. Listen, be careful of the entertainment. Be careful of music. Be very careful of books. Don't just pick up any old book and read it because someone puts it in your hand. Amen. There are books out there that can destroy your faith with one reading. I'm going to tell you why. 
The ones that destroy your faith with one reading are the ones that make sense. Because there's a lot about faith that doesn't make sense. And there's a lot of critics of what God does, how God does it, what He wants to do. There's a lot of criticism of the Holy Ghost. There's a lot of criticism of healing, of process. Listen, don't pick up and feed your heart things that will violate the Word that is in your spirit, that you know to be true, that you're attempting to believe in your heart. People do that all the time and it just ruins their faith. Feed your heart good things. Amen? Exercise your heart. Exercise is good in the natural. Paul said it profits a little, but it does profit a little. You take care of your physical heart. Take care of your heart. You say, how do you exercise your heart? Every obedient act out of your heart will empower your heart to be stronger. Amen? Now, now we talk about the spirit, the soul, the body. When you find your heart, begin to judge where your heart is, you become aware of your thinking processes, your feelings, and how your thinking processes and feelings lead to the choices that you make. That's your soul operating right there. Thank God David said, He restoreth my soul. And a lot of people in life, they're really messed up because they make bad choices. The bad choices come from their emotion and their intellect constantly feeding their heart. So when their emotions and their intellect constantly feed their heart, their choice is always bad. Their choice is always wrong. But if on the other side... The spirit man, the real you, on the inside, regenerated by the Holy Ghost, full of the life and power of God, begins to feed, 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 feed your heart. Then your heart will take over the process of controlling your thoughts and your feelings so that you can make the right choice. Now remember this, this is very simple. When you got born again, it was the real you that got born again, the spirit on the inside. That's what got born again. You're left with this body that must be presented to the Lord as a living sacrifice and a mind that must be renewed. The new birth was not a change. I've heard people preach on that and I always disagree. Being born again is not a change. Being born again is being made brand new. There's a difference in fixing up an old car and getting a brand new car. Amen? Now you're a new creature in Christ, but here's the greatest reality of the new birth. From the standpoint of being empowered by your spirit, that iniquity being gone, that motivation to sin being gone, now for the first time in your life, you have some empowerment when it comes to your choices. You can change. You can say no to the drugs. You can say no to the alcohol. You can say no to the hate, the prejudice, the greed. You can say no to the disappointment, as Brother Greg, who was here a few weeks ago. You can say no to the regrets of life. You can just say, no, no, I have a choice. I don't have to think that way. I don't have to feel that way. My heart is changing. Amen? Now, the major decisions of my life that I look back on, marriage decisions, ministry decisions, obedience decisions, the major ones, the major ones. Never did I have any agreement when it came to my emotions or my mind. 
Now let me say that again. The major decisions of our life, Lee and I's life, never, ever did I have any agreement with my emotions or my mind. You say, then how did you do it? I had a heart to obey God. God would drop something into our spirit. I remember when he dropped into my spirit, Island Church. Well, Island Church wasn't in my heart. It was not in my heart. Rusty Martin Ministries was in my heart. Traveling was in my heart. I didn't want to pastor a church. Did not want to. Everybody say want to. See, the want to is your choice. And your choice is your most valuable asset. But see, God, where did God drop it? Into my spirit. And where am I drawing my life from? I'm not drawing my life from my emotions. I'm not drawing my life from my mind. I'm drawing my life from my spirit. So I knew. I didn't believe God told me to do it. I knew it. He said, well, he put it in my spirit. So I knew in order to obey God in starting Island Church and shutting down Rusty Martin Ministries, I was going to have to have a heart change. You say, well, why didn't you do it immediately? Why didn't you do it immediately when God spoke? Why did it take you five years? It took five years because it took, that's how long it took for my heart to change. Didn't quiet in here. Amen. It took five years of what? Fighting the fight of my emotions and my mind. Amen. Fighting the fight. And listen, here's the good thing about your heart. When you get into that fight in which you know what God's told you to do, God has said something to you, and you make a decision. I'm not going to let my feelings talk me out of it. I'm not going to let my mind talk me out of it. I'm going to go to work on my heart so I can believe in my heart and get it accomplished. Obey God. When you do that, God's going to take every tool at His disposal, and He's going to dump it into your life, and He's going to give you all the encouragement you need, all the confirmation you need, and everything you need to change your heart so that you can obey God and accomplish what He has placed in your spirit. And here's the problem. Your feelings are going to go crazy. I mean, if you'd have asked me a year before we started Island Church, how do you feel about pastoring a church? I said, I'm not for it. I don't feel like it. What do you think about it? I don't think very good about it. But see, through prayer, through allowing the spiritual side of who I am, to constantly feed my heart, I got to the place in which there was what? A change. And when a change takes place, all it needs is a moment of inspiration for obedience to happen. We had gotten prophecies in different meetings. People had laid their hands on us, said things they didn't even know what they were saying. They were speaking by the Spirit of God to our, to our spirits, confirming what God had told us. But the moment of inspiration that was necessary, we were asked to do a church dedication up in Houston. I don't know why, but this pastor scheduled three people to speak that night. One was an evangelist named Jerry B. Walker. Has anybody ever heard of Jerry B. Walker? Not many. He's gone on to be with the Lord. He's had a powerful ministry for many years. Secondly was Pastor Dodie Osteen. How many know Pastor Dodie Osteen? Everybody ought to know her. And then me. And so, you know, I'm not 
I'm not, my, my calling's not based on ego. I got there and saw Pastor Doty was there, and I wanted to hear as much as anybody else. So I just got up and greeted the crowd, prayed a prayer, and turned it over to her. And she got up, standing in the pulpit like this, and turned around and looked at me and pointed at me. She said, Rusty, this is literally what she said. She said, Rusty, you're one of our babies. Speaking about Lakewood Church, that's where I went to Bible school. She said, God has called you. She knew nothing about this. God has called you to go down to that island and start that church. Now you're going to have to obey God. This is exactly how she said it. You're going to have to obey God because John, Pastor Osteen had already gone to heaven, John and Jesus are watching you. I hope you're still watching. But that was the moment of inspiration. I went home, I told Leah what happened, and we made the decision right there. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. Did we feel like it? Nope. Was all of our thinking and everything? Nope. But what happened? Our heart got empowered. Our heart got empowered to do what? To make the decision. And what did the decision do? Brought change to our lives. We're now... We had an effective field ministry, but we're much more effective in what we're doing now, especially in the field. You say, what do you mean? Well, we're growing and developing a church at one of the worst times in history to grow and develop a church. Uh, I believe it was Brother Eddie Turner was giving different statistics about churches and how people attend church and how the average church member today literally only attends church once a month. See, we're trying to develop a church in that atmosphere. You say, why? Because God gave us a heart to do that. But the outward field ministry of all we desire to do has exploded all over the world. We're helping people do crusades. We're helping people do all this missionary work. We're going ourselves. We'll be going several times this year. We've done crusades. Listen, God has exploded what we thought we were going to lose in obeying God and having our heart changed. God has taken it and exponentially caused it to explode to bless the world. He'll do the same thing for you. He's waiting on your heart to change and He's wanting to empower your spirit, to empower your heart, to override what you feel, to override what you think so you can make the right choice. Now that right choice for all of us is what God calls through the psalmist David the path of righteousness. Isaiah 32 says, The work of righteousness shall be what? Quietness. Peace. The effect of righteousness shall be what? How does it go? Let me read it. I think I marked it. It is right here. Third, 32, not 62, 32, 17. Let me read it so I get it right. That's a great scripture. Isaiah 32, verse 17. And the work of righteousness shall be peace. And the effect of righteousness, quietness, and assurance forever. Now here you go. Out of your heart, you make a right choice. You are taking another step on what? The path of righteousness for His namesake. Are you with me? And the Bible says, the work of righteousness shall be peace. Now that word peace doesn't mean no storm. That word peace means in the midst of the storm, you got peace. Amen. 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 
Then it says this, the effect of that righteousness that you have, you're walking out that right standing with God, the effect of that righteousness, what? Quietness. Don't you want your body, the physical makeup of, don't you want quietness? No symptoms, no pain, no hurt, none of that kind of stuff. Amen? How about in your finances? Quietness. Plenty of money, plenty of finances to do what God's called you to do. Plenty of finances to live on. Plenty of finances. Don't you want quiet? In every area of your life, you don't want raging storms. You don't want drama. You don't want turmoil. You want quietness. And the Bible says the effect of that righteousness that you're walking out by making the right decisions from your heart is going to cause your life to come to a place of quietness. Amen? Now, how's my time? Oh, my goodness. How did I eat up my time? Let me find it here. The three, the two things. Let's look at the three things. Emotions, uh, our intellect, and our choice. Then we'll close. Your emotions has its root in the Adamic nature. Fear, anger, rejection, loneliness, all these our conditional realities developed from the time we're born. Now listen to this. If emotions feed your heart, it is highly likely it's going to feed your heart a lie. Well, I just don't feel they like me anymore. I've heard people say that. I actually had somebody come up to me in a meeting about two years ago and said, I don't feel like you like me. And I said, who are you? <laughs> Honestly. I wasn't, try, I wasn't trying to be uh, a smart aleck. I wanted to know, who are you and why do you think this way? And something happened in a hallway of a meeting we were at where I was walking a certain direction. And Leah knows this. I, I can be standing there talking to you, engaged in conversation, and in the middle of a sentence, I can turn around and walk off. I get that from my dad. Let me tell you what that means. It don't mean nothing. Leah's found a cure for it, and I'm not going to tell you what that is. But that doesn't mean I don't like you. Don't let your feelings rob you of the blessings of God. Don't let your feelings rob you of that which God is desiring to pour into your life. And we get so caught up, well, I don't feel like going to church. I don't feel like coming back. I don't feel like giving it two hours. Feel... And next thing you know, our entire heart is controlled by our feelings. And we can make no decisions unless they feel good. Well, let me ask you a question. How, how many really strong spiritual decisions have you made lately that really felt good? Amen? No. You're going to have to learn to control those feelings. And when, especially when it comes to what you think people think about you. I found this out about what people think about you. I, I had certain conceptions in my mind of what people thought about me over the years. And every time I got an opportunity to find out if that was true or not, it was always untrue. It was always untrue. They thought more of me than I did. I felt like, I felt like they thought less. 
Amen. Your intellect, your mind. The carnal mind is at empty with God. That's what the Bible says. We stimulate our minds. We educate. We figure things out. We want explanations. When the mind feeds the heart, it creates more questions than answers. An intellectually fed heart will make decisions only if it makes sense. It always makes faith. Now listen to me. An intellectually fed heart always makes faith a difficult decision. How is that going to work? How is this going to happen? Well, I hear that pastor. He talks about tithing. And I've heard tithing is taking 10% of your gross income and giving it to the church. I could not do that. I'd go broke. I couldn't pay my bills. See, that's your mind talking you out of the blessings of God. Well, I, he, he talks about people going to the world. Well, we had a guest from India. We have other people that, from the church that go to different countries. We have missionaries. How in the world? I could never do that. I, could never, I couldn't figure out how do they get the money? How do, what do they find when they get there? What do they do? I mean, your mind will drive you crazy. And then you couple that with your feelings, and brother, you got a force to be reckoned with. Especially if all we ever had in life was how we thought and how we felt. That's all we ever had before we got born again. Amen? Choices. Choices can create such problems. And the reason choices are so important is we have to live by every one of them we make. Mm -mm -mm. Now let me close. You must begin to take the words that the Word speaks and the Spirit inspires you to speak. And you must use them to begin to strengthen your heart. That's why the confession of the Word of God, when you speak it out of your mouth and your own ears hear it, is so important for the strengthening and the development of a correct, righteous heart. Because when you allow the Word... Because what did Jesus say? He said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth is going to speak. Well, you've got to take that law and reverse it. And you've got to make a decision. Out of the abundance of what I speak, my heart is going to change. That's the only thing you've got to change your heart. You can begin to just say to your emotions, I'm not going to feel like that anymore. You're not going to run me anymore. I am not going to make every decision in my life, right, cut it right off the edge or the angle of how I feel about something. I'm going to take time. I'm going to pray. And while I'm talking, I want to talk to you, mind. You've just about talked me out of everything that God's ever wanted me to do. And I'm tired of that because I see other people being blessed. I'm not being blessed. So I'm giving my feelings and I'm giving my mind fair warning. I am bringing words, not my words, but God's words to you in order to put a cap on your ability to change my heart. Spirit of God, you live in my spirit. I give you permission to access my heart with your life, with your strength, with your power, with your ability. For with whatever the word of God says to me as a believer and whatever you're saying to me as a child of God. What is, unique to me, what is unique to me in a corporate setting, which does what? Keeps you healthy in church. Well, let me just say, a lot, of people, a lot of people stay in church, but they don't stay healthy. But the right words 
coming out of your heart, controlling your emotions, controlling your thoughts, will keep you healthy in church. Amen. And when that begins to happen, here's what happens. The hardness of heart begins to become pliable again. You know, I, I don't know anything about pottery. I'm not a potter. I've, no, I, I don't think I've ever, maybe at school, some grade school or something, I might have done something. I don't remember. But I do know this because I saw a program about it. Broken clay can be recycled. Now listen to me. Broken clay can be recycled. Now if it hadn't been put into the uh, kiln and glazed or some chemical additive has been added to it to make it this or that, but if it's just if, like a bowl or a, or a cup or a vase or something that is flawed or something, they break it and they throw it over in this big pile. There's a big pile of all this broken clay. Did you know how they, you know how they recycle it? They add water to it. They put it in a pot of water. And what, what the water does is the water begins to break down the hardness. It begins to get into the pores of the clay, and as it gets into the pores of the clay, next thing you know, that thing that was hard as a rock, now you can pick up and start working it in your hand. And what God will do many times is He'll set you in a pot of water. Because you've got some broken pieces of your heart. And those broken pieces are broken because they were hard. And choices were made that broke your heart. We're talking about developing a heart for God. But if you'll sit in the pot long enough and allow the water of God to get into the pores of your life, then God can reach down in there and pick you up again. Oh, come on. Some of y'all need to hear this. And begin to move around your heart and begin to put His fingers and fingerprints on it so that when He puts it back in the place it needs to be, you can tell it's been handled by God. God leaves His fingerprints. He leaves His essence. He leaves His life, His power. He leaves it in your heart. Then when you sit and you hear the Word of God and the Word of God comes, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God and God says, obey me. Then you step over into the realm of faith and you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth and take possession of everything God says belongs to you in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Lift up your hands and worship the Lord. Father, we worship you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We glorify your name, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Who's got a message in tongues? Wave your hand at me real quick. Give that out real quick, Sister Ella. Now recognize, recognize, recognize that which I am doing by my word through my spirit. For there are many decisions in this house that need to be made. There are changes, oh, changes for the glory, changes for the better, changes for the best, changes of all that I desire to do here in this house in which I first need to reach over and reset the thermostat of the heart. And in your own life, as my sons and daughters, there are things I desire to release into your hands. But if your heart does not change, 
That which is a blessing shall become a curse. And that which you thought would really bless and enhance your life will destroy you. So there must be a change of heart. That which I desire to do, to cause you to proceed quickly down that path of righteousness, and I shall allow an anointing of acceleration to take place. And it won't be many months into this year in which the glory of that which I desire to do shall be manifest and everyone shall be able to glorify the Lord for the great thing He has done in the heart of the believer and the heart of this house. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. Well, lift your hands and thank God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, we worship you. Lord, I receive that. Lord, we receive that. The changes, changes in our heart, changes in our mind, changes in how we feel. Thank you, Father. You're strengthening our hearts. Thank you for it, Lord. Thank you for it, Father. Oh, how we worship you. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, thank you today for your word, for your life, your spirit, and your power. Thank you, Father, for what you're doing in our hearts. Lord, where we have fed our hearts things that are bad. Thank you for heart surgery, a purging, a cleansing of our hearts so that we might develop a true heart for God in these last days. Father, we thank you also for the provision you've given us through Psalms 91, which is your word. No evil befalls us. No plague comes nigh our dwelling place. Angels have charge over us. So we declare, Lord, as we travel on the highways, the airways, the seaways, or the railways, we declare our protection and our safety. The righteous labor of our hands, all that we do, men and women here that own their own business, people that work out in the ocean, people that work in the medical field, the oil patch all over the area, our contractors. We say blessing. We say no accidents, no evil plans of wicked men. All of our students and teachers, we surround our schools with faith and love. And we say in the name of Jesus, devil, your plans are canceled in Jesus' name. Father, thank you for that door of utterance. Let all that we're in the process of witnessing to, let those that we shall witness to, let that door be open. Inspire our words. Let Jesus live big out of us. Let us be a blessing to people, an answer to their prayer, a problem to the adversary, a miracle in the lives of men and women in this area. In Jesus' name. Lord, we leave walking in faith and love towards you in love toward one another. Thank you for our church. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, and anointed by the Holy Spirit. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com.